Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I'm your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guess it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts for absolutely free. 99. I told you. The schedule has changed. The schedule is set. On Mondays, you will get a podcast. On Wednesdays, you'll get the Wednesday something. This week, it was 20 minutes of me rambling about uh, NBA playoff basketball. And then certain weeks, you'll get a third podcast. Third podcast could be anything I want it to be. This time, it happens to be a little draft preview with my former co-worker over – co-worker. Um, I guess co-ruiner <laughs> of the internet over at oh, yeah. net. We've got Jason Smith. What's going on, Jason? I'm doing well, bud. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. It's uh, it's exciting to 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 see you and talk to you on the the heels of back-to-back national titles. Um, we're in the upside down, dude. We are in. I'm really glad we don't have that sight anymore. I I don't know what to do with my hands, with my body, with my head. I I have no idea. I'm excited to become insufferable. We'll talk about why later on. Right. I got a couple of quick things I want to ask you about. It came up in my life recently. You're a man around. We're, well, you're younger than me. How much younger than me are you? How old are you? 35. 36 as of two days ago. Oh, happy birthday. I had no idea. Yeah, well, thank um, you. I'll be 38 in July. Are you a FaceTime person? And I know your answer may vary because you're a father. So I think that that may skew my numbers here. But if, if you were to reach out to a friend right now, would you FaceTime them? No, I'm I'm FaceTime for grandparents. That's what we that's, that's the only fair. thing. Okay, see, that's um, okay. So I FaceTime for grandparents to see the kiddos, but apart from Makes that, like absolutely not. Would never okay. FaceTime a normal my age human being. No. All right. I, I, I've seen it become more and more normalized, and I wanted to get my voice just kind of on the record that if you FaceTime me, I'm not going to answer you. This, this is, is like Shane a parent, like with the addition of children. I get that some of these yeah. things become malleable. Personal friend, if you were on my, if 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 I've known you and you've made it to like different iterations of my cell phone and you Facetime me, there's no chance. This is like people there's that walk no around chance. the airport and like talk on speakerphone. Like, stop, don't no. do that. Like, just quit. So, but, like, okay, so but does that mean we're old, or does that mean I think we're old? Like, I think the world's gone yeah. that way. And if there's one thing I can promise the world, my child, my child will never. Yeah, that's kind of my my thought on that is like uh, I it's because I'm old, but it's also because I have manners. Like it's like mm-hmm. stop, like don't which, do which by citing manners do. makes us older. For the record, I'm, right? I know, God knows. Like you'd just be like, <laughs> act right, kids. God knows. Uh, yeah, there's part of that. Um, but I, I feel like there, there's just a time and place. Like FaceTime is meant for grandparents who need to see their grandchildren. And apart from that, like, no. I would say also parents who have to go away on, like, business trips. Yeah, exa- no, for sure. Like, we were, me and my wife were uh, away from the kids a few weekends ago, um, and we FaceTimed a little bit. Uh, we were in a wedding for Las, at, we were in Las Vegas for a wedding. Uh, we were FaceTiming. Uh, but that was it. Like, that's the only reason we need FaceTime for. We need that to keep up with the grandparents. But other than that, I'm not FaceTiming, like, one of my friends from college. No, stop. 100%. Second question. You're you're ahead of me on the kids game. You've got two already. Um, Am I going to become someone who's going to be turning on my location for other people? Uh, No, not necessarily. Uh, There are other ways you're going to feel more washed than that. Uh, Like there are other (laughs) ways that like age is going to hit you really hard. you know, you're not going to worry about location, whatnot. Like you will, but like there also there there are lots of other ways in which having kids is going to make you feel like oh shit, like I'm I'm quite old. Uh, mostly having to do with uh, your opinions about people who drive in certain lanes on the interstate, or certain safety features on cars, or uh, your opinions on food certain types of food that my, you never would have had an opinion on. And yet all of a sudden it's like, you know what? My kid hates this shit. I don't want to do that. And you, you might have a, a very strict opinion about certain kinds of baby food. That's the thing. So you never know. 
You, you this never is interesting. know. Interesting. This is good. This is good. I'm, I'm glad to get a little of a, of a fast forward. I do want to ask you though. You mentioned you were in Vegas for a wedding. What's Vegas like as an old person? Oh, um, it seems I, like a hell of an ask. Personally. It was. And I apologize for saying so many cuss words already, but like I'm too old for that shit. Like I, I really am. Um, we red-eyed out there. Uh, and then we were there for a couple of days, and then we red-eyed back. And the red-eye out there is fine. You go out, and, like, you, you know, you're on the plane in Atlanta at, like, 10, and you get out there at, like, 2 in the morning, and you're like, okay, we'll sleep. And we slept till, like, you know, 10 in the morning, Vegas time. And that's right. fine, because that's, like, you know, you've slept for, you know, five or six hours. We came back on the red eye and I got on the plane at like 1230 and and got off the plane three hours later at like 730 in the morning in Atlanta. And <laughs> my, my very much washed, you know, what could not do that. Like I was toast for that Monday. Um, so it, it was fun, but it's one of those things where like, <laughs> as a dad, I was looking around and like, you know, it's, you know, Sin City, what, you know, woohoo, what happens here stays here. I was very much like, man, this is, bad like this is not good uh that you know this is this you know i was i was in my dad dad zone of like this is not okay like y'all are not doing y'all are not making good decisions y'all should make better decisions um and so when i got back you know we, we were mostly mad because we hadn't slept but uh apart from that i really was just you know I was very much too old for the sleep schedule. And then apart from that, it was like, you know, this town's fine, but also like, man, I, I am, I cannot keep up uh, with anybody in this, in this place. There was a time when I would keep up with everybody in that place. I loved Vegas. <laughs> All right. Loved Vegas. Oh, I can't imagine going, I haven't been to Vegas in legitimately 10 years. I cannot, I can't fathom going right now. I very much understand why I was too old for it. You know, like I, I get that I was thinking about myself as a 20 year old coming out there, which I never did. And I was like, you know what? This would have been fun. When I no, was... no, you wouldn't. You would have. You're a good person. You would have had a, a your your fun would have been much safer and kinder than my fun was. Well, you say good. You say good person. Mostly I was like I was Baptist and like that that was my doubt. <laughs> like I, I was I probably was too Baptist for Vegas. Uh, but now that I'm not Baptist, um, I'm ready for Vegas, but also I'm too but old. You're just too, my I hear that. I always joke that I'm the most risk averse of my safety, safe friends and the safest of my risk averse friends. I live right in that, yeah. like the, right in that, right in that middle. That's the delicate um, balance you got to draw. It's an important balance. I want to talk to you about college football. We're going to talk about the draft. You've got some games for us. I'm very excited about College football, it's a thing we both love because our team, honestly, hasn't really done anything wrong in two years. No, What do we do with our hands? Like, are this we is alive? Uncharted is this territory, exciting times. Know. But it shouldn't take three hours to play 60 minutes. I know that's the calling mm -hmm. card of Michael Felder, but it's never been more true. And they changed the rules to reflect that. Starting next year, college football will not be stopping the clock with the first down marker. Are you okay with this rule change? Because what they can't say is we need fewer commercial breaks because that money yeah. needs to get made for them. But yeah. I don't really see a downside. I'm sure there's going to be a downside somewhere, but I haven't found it yet. I mean, I feel like the downside is you, you go back to college football games that used that, the rule of, you know, stopping the clock every time you hit a first down that we wouldn't have otherwise, right? So think about, I, don't, I mean, I, I can't remember, the kick six probably isn't one of these, but like, I think David Green marching us down, the, mm -hmm. this is Georgia, marching us down the field in 01 against Tennessee for the hobnail boot play, like, does that happen if this rule is in place? You're probably running out the clock on the second or third pass by David Green. Um, you know, there, there are several... I, I, like my only thing on this would like, you know, you think back of what are the best comebacks in college football history? And you probably can find a few of those given this rule that would not have happened. And so that would be the, the only thing, my only worry about it. 
I like it very much from an old guy perspective of I need to go to bed. <laughs> as <Phil laughs> would say. Uh, I would very much like to go to sleep. Uh, I'm very much in favor of this rule because of that. But also, you know, you think about some of the more chaotic wins in the history of college football and those might go away or at least some of the more ridiculous ones might go away because of this rule. And I think that it's something we, we may just come to grips with because I think the sports changed enough to where the athletes are so good, the skill level so high that if you're giving them the middle of the field and still giving them a top of the clock, it's almost like it, it, it's really a different game than the NFL. And then, and as they kind of re-standardized some of these rules, again, this was a stoppage was introduced, I believe, in the late 60s. Obstantially yeah. for TV timeouts. Just yeah. for timing perspective. <laughs> and so for me, I think it's like we're still gonna have sideline plays. They're gonna what it does is it makes coaches get more creative with that late game play calling and utilize the sidelines more. And I think that's gonna prepare these kids, particularly we're talking about the skill positions, for a different set of Ability, a different set of, uh, of of parameters in the NFL for kids that want to make that are going to make it there. So, I guess yeah. for me, from a lot of places, I feel like the talent level so high now that yeah, maybe that's a crutch they didn't need anymore. Mm-hmm. But also, like very strictly, I'd like to go to bed. Well, um, it's a lot like it, I think it's a lot like the uh, the kids in the NBA or uh, the kids in the college basketball who don't have to shoot the shot clock. It's like it's good that you have this now. Um, exactly. You know, make the kids play with the shot clock. It will make them better prepared for the NBA. Same thing with college football and the, and the NFL. 100%. Uh, before I go into uh, the uh, <clears throat> exodus of Colorado, let's do that really quickly. Deion Sanders had a Colorado spring game. Everyone told you how many tickets they sold and all the eyeballs on ESPN. What they didn't tell you is that the receiver who took over that spring game transferred out the next day. What they didn't tell you is that they've lost four more players since you know that spring game, and it's being spun by people at the athletic, people who are close to the program because they require access as, and I quote, Deion Sanders now has more than 70 scholarship spots available. I get you need access, but it's got to be better than this. That's yeah. horrible. <laughs> and he's got four months, and now I'm setting the over-under of I don't think he completes the second season there. Call me crazy, but I think we're going to look at 0 and 12 next year, and we're going to see what happens after that. Because now you've got kids who are leaving Colorado who can't catch on other places because of the reputational hit inside coaching circles that that program's already taken. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I have no idea what to make of Colorado. Um, I was watching that spring game from from Vegas. Uh, in like a random restaurant uh and you know dion with the cowboy hat is fun it's nice it's very entertaining but like the whole time i think i forget who said this but the problem with dion is like in jackson at in jackson state where we we used to live we were in jackson mississippi um in that place you could just be entertaining that was fun yeah like good be entertaining like in entice us now you are at one of the storied programs in college football history. Yeah. We are going to, this is the Bamani Jones said this. We're going to take you seriously now. Like we're going to, like when you, we ask you questions, we're going to like expect you to actually answer them. And eventually, like at first, I'm sure people are going to like let Dion be Dion and like make funny jokes and whatnot. But eventually, right. like we're going to care about the crap you say. And, and that's the thing that it's, it's also not just what you say. It's, how you execute things because we're seeing it happen at Florida. We're seeing it happen at Miami. These NIL boosters, it's one thing to have a slush fund. It's one thing, yeah. to, it's another thing to have a slush fund with no return. Yep. And so, yes, NIL, well, I mean, this isn't that podcast. Let's stick on yeah. this. Let's stick in college football. Before we leave college football, <laughs> I want to just talk to um, Jason for two seconds and gloat about this Georgia schedule. I've been saying it to people for since the last time Georgia played football. But if you look at that schedule from UT Martin to Ball State to South Carolina, you will yeah, not man. be happy if you're not a Georgia fan. Tennessee's the first place where you get a little nervous, but even that's in November. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. I have my phone out. I'm looking at it now. I see 
three easy wins off the top. UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina comes to us, which I'm sorry, South Carolina. I'm sure Shane Beamer's going to be I'm great. Not. I think we're fine. UAB at Athens. We have to go to Auburn, but who knows what Auburn's going to be. September Auburn I'm not afraid of. Yeah. And then October, Kentucky at Sanford. We're fine. Vanderbilt. Yeah, fine. We're away. We have to go, you know, cocktail party on the 28th. Maybe. Who knows? But also, like, who's going to be the quarterback for Florida? Nobody knows. Uh, Missouri comes to us, which means that's a guaranteed win because, you know, <laughs> if the only time we ever really struggle with them is there, uh, unless they have Michael Sam. Uh, Ole Miss comes to Sanford Stadium in, on, in November 11th. But that's gonna be. I think that'll be fine. And then we have the only game I'm actually worried about at Tennessee, November 18th, which is the second to last game on the on the schedule. After that, we go to Atlanta to play Tech, which is never a thing. So at the very worst, I feel like this is 11 and one. I have nothing to say. I have no apologies to make. You don't what? know. What- Jason, I have seen his Georgia fans. You don't. You never cheered for Quincy Carter. You don't know. Yeah, I did. I did. Not yeah. you, I'm talking to them. Them. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. You, I was like, like, hang on. No. Hey. I know that life. Yes. <laughs> go ahead. I know you. Oh, trust me. You, I know you know. They don't know. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know what it was like to be like, yeah, uh, Eric Zire. After him is going to be, you know, Quincy Carter's going to throw. Quincy Carter's the new Michael Vick. It's like, I no, talked not. myself into, <laughs> I talked myself into Schottenheimer that summer. Remember that? Oh, man. That was ugly. That was ugly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the one thing that, like, uh, Georgia fans deal with is, man, if Schottenheimer had not messed up Trevor Lawrence's recruitment, imagine, like, Georgia's probably two or th- like, we're into our fourth national title. Probably. I'm not here. To, no, I refuse. Yeah. I refuse. Yeah. I got back to back. I got to beat Ohio State. I got to curb stop TCU. You, nothing, nothing will sell me this. No. Nothing. No, man. But that, that's I, this, I, re- I refuse to, that, I refuse to be who I want to be because at my core, yeah. I'm like you, man. I'm, 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 a, I'm a broken Georgia fan. At my core, <laughs> I am. But I promised myself to love myself more. All right, right, Jason, let's do this. They've turned an HR meeting into the second most watched thing in the NFL calendar. You ask yourself, wow, why did they take it on the road? What a great idea. I tell this story every year, the year of the lockout. They moved the the league start year an extra week, which meant that there was no one in the office to book Radio City. Dolan rented it out to the Rockettes, and that's why the draft's on the road. It's not because they've had a great move for marketing. It's institutional incompetence, and because it's the NFL, it fucking worked. <laughs> sure. I'm so mad about this still. Sure. This, you sound like me talking about St. Louis is what you sound like right now. <laughs> but I know that this HR meeting that could be an email is loved by many, hated by few, so I'm going to just be the voice in the darkness Damn it, Jason, what's the game? Oh, uh, I really like I so just we've already talked about my birthday. So I I love the NFL draft because it's always around my birthday. I am an April 25th birthday. And so that means either it is before or after my birthday. So during my time as, you know, like a 10-year-old, the draft was always the sporting event that was happening during my birthday party or whatever. Um, I had the, so- I had the all-star game for baseball. Yeah, that's not fun, man. That's, that's it is not... one of the slow... – well, the thing about the summer birthday is, man, you are – there's nothing to do. Did you get the home run derby, though? Because that was pretty No, great. it was July 18th. It was always around – I was always uh, like two weeks after. No, nah, that's no fun. All right, no so, I, so I so I have two games for you. Let's do it. Um, the first one you're going to hate. You're not going to like it. Probably. It's going to make you mad. Uh, the second one I think you'll like, but I don't. you might not. I'm not sure. But the fir- I know the first one you're not going to like. Uh, so the first one is called, Are You Faster Than Stetson Bennett the Fourth? So Stetson oh, Bennett the Fourth, the person you love a whole lot, as I, I know from our uh, our group chats and whatnot. Uh, he I'm ran still a, right. Like, I don't give a shit. I know. I know you're not you're not wrong. Uh, what I'm going to what I'm going to tell you, though, is uh, he ran pretty fast 40 time. Uh, he ran a four point six seven. Uh, that is faster than a whole lot of people. 
in, that have gone to great NFL careers. So I would like to test you. I'm going to give you the good. yeah. I'm going to give you the college this person came from, their 40 time, their draft position if they were drafted, and maybe like a, one other fact about them. And you have to okay. guess who you have to guess who the person is who is slower than Stetson Bennett. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. First one, he ran a 4.68. He went undrafted. He went out of Tennessee, and he was signed by the Houston Texans in 2009. Can you name this running back uh, who was slower than Stetson Bennett? I can. Oh, I can see him. He is the idiot on my on the Barstool podcast now, right? Arian Foster. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Arian Foster. <laughs> Four, six, eight. He is slower than Stetson Bennett. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> this next one. I hate this so much. Yeah, I know. That's, that's why I did it to you. Uh, he ran a 4-7. He went undrafted, too. He was signed by my Tennessee Titans in 2010. He went to Oregon. He is mostly known for his three years, though, with the Bucks because he was Yeah, LeGarrette. I was going to say he punched a guy, but you got it. No, man, I was right. LeGarrette Blunt's a a Palmer House all-star, man. That guy is a Hall of Famer. If you you smoke someone on national television and there are no real repercussions, yeah, you're good with me forever. Oh, man. Man, this this is one of those things we're going to come back to with, like, the kids these days of, like, in my day. Name some guys. I love that I reached the name some guys portion of the podcast. This is fantastic. (laughs) Okay, now we're gonna now we're gonna get into very much not just name some guys. These are the next two dudes are pretty or guys. I got you. Yeah, they're they're guys. Uh, this guy ran a four seven one. He was the sixteenth overall pick to the San Francisco 49ers in the nineteen eighty five draft. He went to Mississippi Valley State. He is a wide receiver. You know, I know this is. Mm-hmm. It's Jerry. Yeah, it is of all time. Bennett out in Jerry Rice. <laughs> now, like, this is look, where I would normally be like, sports evolve, and of course, people are faster, but that one's hard to, to really start. Right. That one Bill, I really Walsh, like. Bill Walsh apparently says that this is apocryphal, that he actually ran like a 4 5, which makes more sense. But sense. in my But in my opinion, like, you know, shut up, Bill. Like, it's, it's the man ran a 4 7. That's what that's we're what also talking about hand time. Like, there's a lot I hear. I. I rock with Bill Walsh. And as yeah. in most things regarding football, I defer to Bill, to Bill Walsh. Sure. Game speed. I'm assuming Jerry Rice is faster than Stetson Bennett. But right now, for the sake of running the 40-yard dash. <laughs> and maybe we should ask those TCU defenders because they could not keep up. All right. No. <laughs> All right. I got two more for you. Two more. Real quick. Let's do it. All right. So uh, this guy ran a 4-7-1, same as Jerry Rice. Uh, he went to Florida State. He was drafted 54th overall in the 2003 draft by the Cardinals. He's a wide receiver. And Quan Bolden? Yes, indeed. Bang, bang. <laughs> Killing this game. And Quan Bolden ran slower than Stetson Bennett. I've, I've had to put the slower than Stetson Bennett part out of my head and just listen to the draft profile. Like if, I just, if, I, if I start with slower than Stetson Bennett, I'd have none of these right. Right. It doesn't compute, right? But if you if you just none. listen to the, <laughs> just listen to the profile. I know my guys. Okay. Last one. Uh, this guy ran a 4.72. He was a running back out of the University of Georgia. He was drafted 196th overall in the 1995 draft. By the Denver Broncos. I think you know who this is. Yeah, I do. And uh, Terrell Davis. I mean, the Terrell yep. Davis thing is always weird to me. Like, it's it's because it didn't last. It was two years in that one cut system, and it was over. <laughs> yeah, he 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 is such an interesting specimen of of the NFL in that like he is he is only there for this very particular postseason moment. And but he is so good in that moment that like exactly he, it's like there's no one who's done that right then yeah yeah but so, all right game so, number yeah. two I think I think I'm well, losing well, power here on. so I have one more on. thing for you on this yes. one more thing really quickly yes uh, I thought about what is the fan base that would be most mad by thinking about who of their group is slower than Stetson Bennett and I thought about it for a while I was like you know maybe Alabama maybe Tennessee 
maybe Florida, but I settled on the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I would like to give you a list of people from the Ohio State who are slower than Stetson Bennett. So uh, in no particular order, it is Maurice Claret, JT Barrett, Cardell Jones, Mike Vrabel, Cam Hayward, James Laurinaitis, Nick Boza, and Joey Bosa all ran slower 40 times than Stetson Bennett the fourth. I'm done. Who, from whom you can secure a wonderful rate on a used Kia right now at a set of Stetson Bennett of Kia, Kia Blackshear. Hyundai and Kia Blackshear. Get I in here. I cannot wait to, to buy a car, man. Because, uh, oh, oh, just, man. This All right, wonders. game number two. This is That was a lot All of right. fun. I, okay. it, it allowed me to, to sadly flex my, my college football muscles. You you like you killed that. I I really was like nobody's gonna be able to know know who these people are, but you you did very well. Um, all right, my next game is uh my mom, who is a wondrous person. Uh, she's worked in Georgia public health for as long as I've been alive, so 35 years. Uh, she hates the Atlanta Falcons, and the reason she hates the Atlanta Falcons is because they do not draft. Georgia Bulldogs. That is her whole thing. Like they they should draft all the Georgia players, but they don't. And so what I'm going to do now is we're going to mock draft the Falcons draft from the for the first three rounds. But your restriction is you can only draft Georgia players. We're going to save for my mom. So like do the reverse of what they normally do. So they're not going to skip on Todd Gurley. They're not going to skip on, you know, whoever, but they're going to like actually draft all the Georgia players, but I will give you one lifeboat of a non-Georgia player that you can pick if you want to. So okay. the Falcons, uh, so the, for the first three rounds, the Falcons have the eighth pick, the 44th pick and the 75th pick. And so I've kind of like tiered the Georgia players in this draft class, according to those picks. Uh, yeah. And then I've, I've got like a, a one or two lifeboats for you. If you want to bail out, given the Falcons needs, which are basically your typical quarterback. They need a quarterback, they need an edge rush, and they need a wide receiver. That's pretty much what they need. Um, Yeah, right. Uh, So just to give you a sense of like, I'm going based off PFF, Pro Football References, Big Board. So they have Georgia players ranked thusly. Jalen Carter, obviously. Nolan Smith, Broderick Jones, Darnell Washington, Keely Ringo, Christopher Smith, Stetson Bennett, uh, Kenny McIntosh, Warren McClendon, Jack Pot, Hot Pod, Kirsch Jackson, Robert Beal, and that's basically all we're going to get to. So those three. Yeah. And so I've kind of like tiered them out for you, and we're going to go based on kind of what I saw when I did a couple of mock drafts on PFF. Okay? Okay. So your first pick, you're at pick eight. Um, you have, of the Georgia class, you have Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, and for now, that's all I'm going to give you. I don't think Jalen Carter is going to be here, to be honest. Um, um, you know what? Because yeah. I, you know what? For for what I've seen, and again, I'm Rob Lowe. I'm here for good football. I don't cheer for the Falcons anymore. I'm off that narcotic. But from yeah. what I've seen, I want to see some edge talent. I want to see Nolan Smith. I love what I think he can do as a pass rusher. J- uh, Jalen Carter, I'm a big fan of. I think he's going to be a fantastic. NFL football player, I think he's going to be essentially a career perennial pro bowler. Yeah. But you talk about what George would the Falcons need. They haven't had a pass rush since, right? And yeah. so I'm I'm gonna need something off the edge. I need something that's effective. I'm gonna need someone who I've seen do it against the highest of levels and who's still got enough raw talent there that we can polish up. I always feel like there are certain guys who come out particularly on the defensive line, particularly on the edge rush last couple of years, as largely completed work. And this is going to allow us to, to add some of that NFL polish and hopefully finish refining them into uh, what they can, what Nolan Smith can be. Yeah, like I, I mentioned Michael Sam earlier, and like Nolan Smith is kind of one of those classic like in-betweeners. Uh, but the, the difference is like unlike everybody else who's a tweener, Nolan Smith ran a sub 4-4. Uh, so like – you know, draft that guy. Like he's fast. <laughs> God, God, all full hell. Is he supposed um, to be there at eight? I guess is he supposed to be top eight? He'll he'll be he'll be there at eight. Um, I think he's top fifteen. But so, but the Falcons don't have any other option now. Hang on, 
So I'll give you a lifeboat. You can take Nolan Smith. Let's let's do like you know door number one or door number two. All right. You can have Nolan Smith, or you can pick one of these two lifeboats that I have at this moment: Jackson Smith and Jigba, or Anthony Richardson, who has fallen to you at eight. What do you think about the uh, the quarterback from Florida? That's a setup. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't get it. And I get it. Either. Because, like, football coaches are cocky. And yeah. because Josh Allen happened. Mm-hmm. Let me be very clear. Josh Allen's never happened before. It's never been this overwhelming talent that suddenly became refined and made better yeah. choices, even though he's your leading rusher, even though you've got James Cook on your team. It's just a poorly run offense. Anyway, that's another rant. Sure. What you're telling me is that some coach out there is saying to themselves, I can fix this. And it's not, let's be very clear. I wouldn't give him a helmet the first year he was there. No. Mm -mm. I wouldn't let him near the field. It's like, this is the year you study and learn. So Anthony Richardson needs to be in a place where he's going to be afforded that ability. But top of the draft is not that. The Falcons is not that. Mm Mm-mm. And so let's say you do get him at the top of the draft and you are thinking, hey, I'm the one that can fix him. I can change him. It will be different with me. Anthony Richardson gets GMs fired. Yeah. Like what What even is the team where you would be like, he's going to do well because I know he can sit? It was the Packers until two days ago. Yeah, right. That, that's exactly what I was saying. Like Packers – Seattle when they had Russell. Um, you can get away with Seattle and Gino. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I think, honestly, like, if Seattle comes back around and they trade back into the first round, I think that could be a great fit um, for the for the kid. But, yeah, yeah, I'm looking around going, like, okay, did I, like, hallucinate when I watched this guy play in Florida? You know, like, am I? But the thing I... is, bro, this happens every – you and I do this every year. What? Every year, you yeah. and I sit here and are like – Wait a second. Did I miss a college football season? Like, well, last, I watched him play yeah. football. No, last year we talked about it, right? Because last year it was like, look, I love Trayvon. I love the guy. He does so well. But also, the tape does not bear out number one, but the measurables do. And for Richardson, I think it's the same thing. It's like the, the, the tape does not even come close to top five. But – the the statistics that these GMs look at, they have to see this and go like, you know what? I don't know what else I can do. I, I see these numbers, and that tells me this dude is a mutant. I'll say this: he, he is a mutant. Yeah, like he is like physically, and for what they asked him to do it at Florida, like he's a mutant. Yeah. But man, you got to be confident as hell that you. You've got to be not the quarterback whisperer, the quarterback molder of of souls. You've got to – because you're – this is a pick that will get you a coach-fired energy empire. Yep, you better send that man to Frank Reich. That's the only only place I'm confident. Like, you better send that guy to that dude. Apart from that, I have no idea if he's going to do well. And so I've heard him – I've heard him – you're more into the draft fame. i got to ask, where is he projected? Because I've heard – First, I heard one. I've heard bottom of the first. I've heard all over the place. Where are people saying he's going to end up? I listened to uh, Caught Up on the Mina Kimes show, and her and uh, Jordan Lee had him going third to uh, somebody who traded up to beat out the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically it was like, okay, yeah, he could go to Detroit. He could go to um the Colts uh he could go to basically he kind of is in the same boat as Jalen Carter in that like after you get past number two assuming by the way that Houston takes a quarterback which if Houston doesn't take the quarterback that's what I'm I'm rooting for Houston to take Will Anderson because I want chaos because if Houston doesn't take a quarterback all bets are like nobody knows what the hell is going to happen in this draft so who, um, okay, so you know more than me. Who are the Panthers taking at one? Bryce. I think Bryce. So, like, I think I think that's okay. I think it's basically settled. You saw what happened yesterday days ago, right? Yeah. 
They pulled Will Levis's first first overall odds off the board. Yeah. In Vegas. Yep. And I because I I was in Vegas on this weekend trying to bet oh on the Oh my god, you're forgetting this. Yes. <laughs> so like I tried to bet on CJ Stroud too, but CJ Stroud went from like, you know, basically even money with Bryce to Bryce was minus two thousand two hundred, I think, and CJ wow. was plus eight hundred. Like that that tells me like this is done. Um CJ is either going to go to the Texans at two or he will go to whoever trades up at three to get him from the Cardinals. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think this is done now. Like Bryce is number one. But this is this is unlike several drafts that we've had in the past where, like, we kind of know who the number one is. But now we have no idea what's going to happen after that. Um, right. And I, I'm, I'm rooting for chaos entirely. Do you think? Levis goes at two because the only reason I, I say Levis at two and it's nothing measurable. It's honestly, it's he runs Shanahan West Coast offense at Kentucky, and Tomiko Ryan's is a defensive coach who's going to look yeah. for something that he sees as familiar. Yeah, I mean, I, but I think the case for taking Will Anderson at, at two is that Tomiko Ryan's needs an edge rusher, and like he doesn't have one. He doesn't have anything in Texas. But but just to be to be clear, Houston has like needs at every single. Dadgum position. Whole, there is no, there is no position you can be like, don't draft that guy. No, pull the trigger. If you got a good tight end, if you have a good center, draft that dude. Um, I, I mean, to me, the noise best available on Madden every time they're drafting yeah. comes around. The noise around Will Anderson is basically because D'Amico Ryan's loves this exact type of edge rusher, and you know there are like three dudes to me in this draft that are like who could be the absolute unbustable people? And they are Will Anderson, they're Jalen Carter, and they're Bijan Robinson. And you can pick either one of those three. I, it's just whatever. Uh, you can pick either one of those three, and I feel like you are basically not going to get a bust. You will get someone who is productive. You're not going to have about 10 years of arguments about Bijan Robinson. I'm, very I'm not saying you should draft him in the first round. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that of the prospects you have, I feel more confident that Bijan will be non-bust than I do about, say, Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez. Or... And I'll say the same thing I said to Cam on Sunday, our Monday's podcast. The things that Bijan does well, I don't know if they translate to the NFL. Because yeah. the Bills can't use James Cook. Yeah. And that's infuriating to me. Well, I mean, they're they're learning how to use him, I think. Like, I feel like they're getting better at it. They're letting their quarterback lead the team in rushing attempts. Yeah. For all but the things like, people say about Lamar Jackson and the hits he takes, all of his injuries have been sustained in the pocket. Meanwhile, okay. in Buffalo... Mm-hmm. We got Mike Allstock throwing mind. the ball in the backfield. Yeah, we're of the same mind about Lamar and like how he's being, you know, typecast oh, right yeah. now. It'd, it'd be nice if you had a comms team that comes with an agent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. You know, it'd be nice if it's someone else who's also leaking things to the media. But here we are where we are. <laughs> okay, you've only made your first pick of the Falcons mock draft. I just want to remind All you. All right, let's go. Let's go. Taking Nolan because we're round. assuming that Jalen Carter's gone. Uh, you did not take Anthony Richardson or Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, you have pick 44 now. Um, I feel like this is obvious because I don't think this dude's going to be here, but I'm just going to like give you the three Georgia guys I have in this tier. So pick 44 in the second round. Your options are Derek Jones, Darnell Washington, Keely Ringo. My, green, my, my brain says Keely Ringo. It's a smart pick. Okay. My greed? Yeah. Darnell, baby. Yeah. We're coming but out like, in 12, dog. <laughs> I Like, I I long for a Falcons team with two Megatrons, basically, on either side of the, of the tight end. And just grab, you know what you do? You grab the tape from when the uh, the Pats had Gronkowski and Hernandez. That's what I'm saying. play yes. that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the only thing I'll say is I think Broderick Jones at that pick is a steal. That's the only thing is you're, he's going to go. You're probably right. He's going to go before that. Um, now, 
your lifeboat here. If you want to get out, if you don't want to take Darnell or Keeley, here are the two people I have. I don't think you're going to take either of these people, but I have two lifeboats if you want to take one. B.J. Ojolari from LSU if you want an edge, but you've already taken an edge with Nolan Smith. Or Hendon Hooker. If you'd like a quarterback. At and this again, point. I need everyone to remind, remind themselves, I don't care about this football team. Sure. I'm sticking with Darnell because guess what? You and I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll grab a, well, I'll grab a journeyman. Not Marcus Mariota. I'll grab a better journeyman. Darnell is one of these dudes where I, I look at it and I go, people, like, this is going to be one of those moments where I go, like, NFL people are idiots. Like, there is no way. You can look at this human being and be like, I shouldn't draft him on my football team. Like, he is a freaking cyclops. He should should sue Kirby for every dollar he misses out being in the first round. Yes. Yeah, he should. Part of me is kidding, but part of me is deadly serious. No. And and honestly, Todd should be a co-litigant. Like, Put Todd <laughs> like throw to the goddamn tight end. Like this man is, <laughs> he is like one of the most insane athletes you will ever meet in your entire lifetime. He is the definition of, and I hate using this language about regular human beings, but I don't have any other words for it. He is like a mutant person. He is different. He is built different than other people. Um, you and know it's more impressive can, than how he's built? How he's built, because guess what? At the end of the season, when teams were keying on everyone the fuck else, mm-hmm. he was still engaged enough to be an integral part of those wins. Yeah, and that's that's the knock on Jalen Carter, is that Jalen Carter had games where people were like, you know what, we're keying on Jalen. We're going to take him out of the game. And to a certain extent, they could do that. Like, you could run enough, like, bubble screens, outside zone, whatever. You can get away from Jalen. Darnell, it was like, we also should probably game plan against the freaking like giant dude that's on their end line. But as much as people wanted to game plan around Darnell Washington, you could not get around him. And he, but it, it was also like a, if not for the fact that we have like Brock Bowers, who's the best tight end of like a generation, uh, Darnell Washington is probably catching all those touchdown passes. Look, like, look. I'm not saying anything bad about Brock Bowers. He is the best tight end possibly, like you said, generation. But the yeah. other guy's a Gundam. Like, the other guy's <laughs> essentially a mech suit. Like, I, yes, he, he's... <laughs> people he's people who didn't watch George all season saw Darnell Washington catch a, 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 just a, a, a go route against Ohio State, and he carried two linebackers. They're like, what was that? I go, that's the other guy. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Like, I I don't, like, I just, I don't understand if you're sitting there going, you know what, we need somebody who can help us out in the run game and also catch some passes. Uh, If you are sitting there and you're like, you know what, the NFL needs these new modern tight ends and Gronk was great. We need somebody who's like Gronk. How you can look at a guy like Darnell and not say, we're going to take that dude and build a whole ass offense around him. I don't understand. Um, I or really he's don't. he's the cherry on top of a built something. Like, if yeah. he's lasting past the first, past one round, if, whoever if he can set falls, him up in the top of the second needs to do it. If he falls to the Chiefs, like, what are Christmas. we What are we doing? Like, if he falls to the Kansas City Chiefs, which he could, like, Andy Reid could legit be sitting there at the end of the daggum first round and be like, you know what? I don't give a shit. I'm just going to take the, the Megatron that's sitting there at Georgia. Like, if you really can let that man do that, like, you should be fired as an NFL chief. Like, keep that man from having that toy. Like, that is ridiculous. Like, don't do that. So, yeah, I, I I think, to me, Darnell is one of those guys that's like, yeah, I get offensive tackle. You know, I get Keely Ringo's this great corner, whatever, 6'2", he's going to be great. Um, but, man, like, you can draft a... You can draft the, a transfer. Who's the tight end they keep not throwing to in Atlanta right now? Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Keely Ringo's a fantastic coverage guy. But if I walk yeah. out there with Kyle Pitts 
And Darnell Washington, who gonna check me, boo? Yeah. And guess what? Now, if you've got a Desmond Ritter who can run the read option, you've forced him to have larger players on the field to match up with your tight ends. Let's yeah. say they've got to stay in base rather than living in nickel, and now you've got slower guys in the field to beat in your read option game. I'm not just saying it because it'd be fun. I'm saying it for legitimate football reasons oh. that the downhill running attack, if you had both those tight ends, and let's just, okay, let's say you come out in 12. Why are they split out? Why are you in gun? <laughs> oh, no. Like, yeah, there's some wrinkles. Like, there, I was joking at first so because I'm much. thinking about it. This is I know, it. Like, there's so much you can do with, and I think, look, God love him. I think Todd Munkin kind of showed this. Like, if you have two ginormous tight ends, like, you can run a spread, fast motion, like, really intense offense out of a now because people are such freaks. Uh, you can run that out of, like, 11 personnel. Like, you can do that. 100%. Like, put two tight ends on the field and, like, run the gun. Like, it's fine. Okay. Anyway, third third pick. Third, third pick. round. Pick 75. You have taken, uh, as I'm, I think you've taken Nolan Smith. You have taken Darnell Washington. If I if our last conference, you've passed on B.J. Ojolari and Hendon Hooker and Anthony Richardson and Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, you have now the pick of the litter. You can pick any Georgia player that is left. Here are the people that are left at pick 75. Chris Smith, Stetson Bennett the fourth, if you want to take a quarterback. Kenny McIntosh, Warren McClendon, I don't think you're going to take him. Hot Pod, if you want a kicker. Uh, Kyrus Jackson, Robert Beal. Those are the Georgia players left on PFF's big board. And then I will give you one lifeboat. Um, I'm going to give you two. Two lifeboats. Uh, you can either, you can take any Georgia player you want. Or you can take A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. Or Brian Brzee out of Clemson. Those well, are your lifeboats if you want a non My question player. now for you, my friend. How are season tickets looking? Assume they are looking as well as you think they are right now. So pretty poor. It's pretty poor, yes. Stetson Bennett. <laughs> Come on down here, buddy. Can I tell you? You hold this, you hold this clipboard. Let's make some money. Shit. <laughs> that was the pick. My mom would be like, I'm going to get Falcon season tickets. I'm telling I'm you. Fun. <laughs> Let's go sell some tickets. It's it's wild thinking about like how much that would change the revenue stream of the Atlanta Falcons. It would with, without including the Atlanta Falcons as a team. <laughs> Atlanta as a city would be changed forever. <laughs> it's like two legendary sports figures, Michael Vick and Stetson Bennett, the fucking fourth. <laughs> That's the they'd, be, they'd be hosting the pregame show in three years. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I look. I I don't know. I don't think Stetson Bennett the fourth is going to be good. I mean, look. I'm I'm going to say this. I don't think Stetson Bennett's going to be a good NFL quarterback. But me saying that guarantees that he probably will be. That he'll he like because you know you got to do stuff <laughs> at the next level. I'll say this. I thought he could be a career backup. I yeah. thought he'd be a decent hang. I thought he had a good mind for the game. Sure. The DUI is not a great look. No. Because you're the one driving the quarterback home. You're the backup, bro. Like, you've got to start. Like, I know he's living like he's 27 and just won back-to-back national titles. Like, he's living like you should. He's living the exact same way I would in the situation. Yeah. But the job he's auditioning for now isn't someone's quarterback it's someone's escape hatch it's someone's let's hide some money in this developmental guy and have him run a scout team for us it is cj stroud could have made a headline and still been cool jalen carter did make headlines and it (laughs) will not matter yeah stats having them not having the the leaks on the interviews which is always you need a better agent um yeah. or an agent who's got better relationships at the very least yeah talk talk your shit Palmer. there you go yeah just, it is what it is like it's just That's it's right. just it's like right. someone when the dui gets leaked that's the green light for for someone to say one thing to a reporter mm-hmm. 
And I don't know the same concerns that you're hearing rabbit and reported around the NFL where they're kind of being oblique and saying, I don't know if he's mature enough. Yeah. It's the same thing you'd say about a guy who pops for a weed test at, at the combine. Yeah. No one cares about the weed, but you knew the test was coming. Yeah. We care it's about, about your, judgment. Yeah. We care about you knowing that was coming and still. And still up. Yeah. Like still screwing and it up. Like Stetson's one of those guys who's got the accolades, has got the belief and he's very much a, a Baker Mayfield where it's mm-hmm. like, the idea of him out outshines the size of what he can the space he can actually fill yeah but when optimized when filled with that confidence he can fill almost any room yeah but he's got to earn that and because i think the nfl was a little burned on the baker thing they saw the undersized guy who got the belief and was powered by the leadership or these are grown ass men. Like, we're not gonna rob ourselves and you like twenty six. Okay, he's he's old as hell. You know, like what? He's, that's he's, a really good point. He also he, he walks in the locker room relating to the old guys. <laughs> he's older than Lamar Jackson, man. Like he is old. <laughs> and honestly, he's not gonna be drafted. Keep an eye out for free agent signings. Well, because my where hope. do you have him getting signed? My hope is that he is Mr. Irrelevant because that would be just, I mean, come if he's on not gonna, if you, Hey, be, a past Asian talk, if you're not going to be in the first three rounds, don't get drafted. You can choose yeah. where you want to go. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you. That's better. But I just, I, it would be really fun. I'm his agent. My first call is to Baltimore. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. To, it's the, not to the front mm-hmm. office. It's to fucking Monken. Yep. Todd. Agree. You need a mobile quarterback who knows your scheme. Like, what's up? We got the guy. We're not going to, because guess what? Whenever the Lamar thing resolves itself, we're going to be on short time for translation and implementation. Work your scheme. I I need an expediter. I need someone who's going to be able to communicate what I need immediately on the field, like who can translate it. And yes, we did the game where who was slower than Stetson's funny game, but Monkey was able to exploit that. That talent mm-hmm. pool in a way that I don't know would maximize elsewhere. So I always thought Monkey was you don't bring in Monkey not to throw it. You don't bring in Monkey not to refine your quarterback's run game. You don't bring in Monkey not to get creative on the run. And yeah. if they can bring in Stet to be a translator, to be an expediter for that offense, or whenever Lamar gets back, that's where I think his biggest and dog go hold a clipboard behind Snoop. You're cool. Go be the third. You're cool. Yeah. Collect a check, run that scout team, be the be the cool old dude in Baltimore. Yes, they as a rookie. The, the difference is <laughs> they, they like they want you to be that, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you get drafted by Tennessee, Tennessee does not want you to be the old ass rookie on the scout team. Baltimore exactly. does. They have a reason for you to do that. So I, I'm with you. If if he can end up with Munkin, like. He could have oh, if if he doesn't end up selling out the Georgia Dome as a week one starter. Okay, wait. I I have one more thing I want to ask you about. Yeah. Um, I am intrigued by C.J. Stroud as a symbol. So I'm going to ask you a thing. Um, Bryce Young is your typical like deeply athletic quarterback, right? Like he runs. He's improvisational. He C.J. Stroud, to me, is being billed as, and I love this, he is an intellect, right? Like, he is a problem solver. He makes the right throws. And yet, C.J. Stroud is like, he's a black quarterback. I Can you think of a prospect in our time that has sort of like, not broken a barrier, but like been less, there's no concern with C.J. about like, man, He's just going to be like all athleticism and no intelligence, right? The kind of crap they get said about black quarterbacks. Yeah. But he is, to me, just thinking about like the sort of cachet of black quarterbacks, like he is different as well, a symbol. It's, 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 it's been steps. Because Jalen got that out of Bama. Because yeah. the big hole in Jalen's game was that arm ain't there, Chief. The arm's not real. Like it's smoke and mirrors. And 
he came in on that leader guy shtick and the he's seen everything and he i mean it worked he got paid like we just saw him get paid yeah um but it's been steps towards that like even with lamar thing lamar was a pocket passer when he could be they would just yeah. play to louisville <laughs> he just played <laughs> with a bunch of dudes who who couldn't block the guy they were playing like and it was so interesting to see because that was always the this, that was always like the bright line de- delineation was people who either watched him in college people who did yeah with lamar but yeah. i think i think it's been you might be right where like it's kind of the consensus is the first time we've all been like also it's it's a concerted effort on his part because you got to remember we never yeah. saw cj stroud do that running shit until he absolutely had to in that last drive against georgia yeah and so the not not the knock the way i feel about bryce young is i think bryce young he's so creative and innovative. i think he runs himself into a lot of problems yeah i agree. I think he gives up Great. things sooner than he should and maybe that's a product of some questions about that bama line whatever and maybe i know i didn't i didn't take grind for any of this i'm just saying having watched him all for his career i love his game but i do wonder when that athleticism gap is narrowed, what's that game gonna look like? Because I'm of the I remember when Reggie Bush was everyone who didn't watch college football, who only watched highlights, were like, he's gonna take over the NFL. And I was like, he's not that much faster than dudes in the NFL. I don't know if y'all really appreciate how big, strong, and fast. Like he tried that ha 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 and just get run over. And I was like, well, that's kind of what you're gonna happen when. Jonathan yeah. Dillman's on the other side of this bad boy. Like it's not, right. <laughs> it's not some dude who goes to UCLA. Like and so, Bryce Young is obviously an exaggeration of that. He didn't. He's a better quarterback who doesn't leave on athleticism as much as I'm making the joke of R.G. Bush. Yeah. But it's still a cultivated habit. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to say things about, if you were trying to say, Daniel, explain to me the the upside of Anthony Richardson. Part of it is that he has no horrific habits yet. Part of that's yeah. a, a paucity of starts. He just doesn't have a lot of opportunity yet to develop those habits. But it's also because, like, he, I think, and I see it too, a lot of the talent developers see him as this big, unmolded piece of clay. But if he doesn't go to the right situation, yeah. he may not have time to develop him. Uh, I said this on the last, on the podcast with Cam, but Todd McShay looked a lot smarter when. Uh, Todd Gurley's legs worked. Sure. You know, like he was the, he's a football genius. And now it's like, nah, I don't know. And so Anthony going somewhere where a place where that's not established for him to be there could be a problem. But going back to Bryce, like that's where I'm like, where's the fit? Yeah. Because he's got that habit of, I could do with my legs in a way that I think was over-exaggerated for people like Lamar. Yeah. They said, I was listening to, um, uh, who was it? I was listening to some podcast. It, it was uh, Foxworth. Foxworth is on Bamani's show, and he's talking about, they were playing some, I forget, maybe Byron Leftwich, someone. And yeah. the coach put in a spy package. And it's like, hey man, Byron's not going anywhere. <laughs> what are you talking about? And so we've come a long way from. <laughs> I thought that is an example of the the distance we have traveled <laughs> to where no one's mentioning that last drive against Georgia by C.J. Stroud, where he turned into fucking Michael Vick and made me have a heart attack in my room. <laughs> I uh, I said so many untoward words in the presence of my father-in-law. I was trying. Jason, I try to explain to people why I don't watch these games, but I said no one should hear what I say during these games. Man, no one should. I my father in law hears it. My father in law is a, a very decent man. He's a <laughs> lifelong Tennessee fan. He went to Tennessee in like the 70s before they were good and saw like the glory years. And he was like kind of shocked by how angry I was. Like when we scored with, I forget how long it was. Like we had like what, a minute and 20 seconds, I think. Yeah. And I was dropping every f bomb. Yeah, I too much lit. time. Too much time. It was like it. We, uh, it we watched CJ right. Stroud carve us up for three and a half quarters. I was, I like, was I, right. This, I know the story ends. 
I told, I told, yeah, like the, the, uh, the, the thing I love most about Stetson Bennett real quick is that when Stetson Bennett was talking about um, back when he, he was giving quotes about the Alabama game after that national championship game, um, he was talking about how uh, he went back and then Bryce got the ball back, right? In that last drive when he throws it to yeah. Keely Ringo. Um, and he was, Stetson was like, yeah, we were on the sideline. And like, and there's a moment where he, the, the sideline reporter asked him something and he goes like, yeah, you know, I just knew they were gonna, and he stopped. And he's like, you know, we, we really had to just be ready. And I'm like, wait, wait, no, no, no. That was the George fan in you coming out. I know what you wanted to say. We just knew they were going to score because we yeah. all knew they were going to score. <laughs> we all were certain they were going to score. Uh, same thing to me with that Ohio State game. As soon as we were, you know, we kicked that extra point, I was like, it's a minute and 30 seconds. Like, CJ Stroud's going to come. That's, like That's the perfect amount of time to crush my heart. That's yeah, the perfect amount of time to hurt me. I was hollering at, like, we were down on the goal line, and I was like, just take two knees and run this clock all the way down and then score a touchdown. Do not, under any circumstances, score. And Todd Munkin was just like, screw it. We're just going to score real quick. And I was like, God, this is bad. So it all worked out fine. But, like, that was me. As, as a George fan, that was me dealing with my feelings. Like, this is this is not good, but it turned out fine. That is literally the Georgia fan experience. Jason Smith, thank you for coming on. I, I always appreciate having you. We'll have you on uh, a lot this summer, hopefully, as I yeah, get closer and closer to, 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 to joining you in Club Dad. Um, and the other thing that I can uh, guarantee everyone is that you'll find excellent Kia pricing at Stetson Bennett <laughs> Chevrolet Kia of Brockshire. Can't wait to open it up there. Um, we'll be back. Uh, the, the recording for this weekend schedule is going to be, you're going to get the episode with myself and Susan on Monday with the Mandalorian talking also NBA basketball and, uh, Aaron Rodgers working the anti-vaxxer working for the largest vaccine maker in the world. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with that. That was your show. There is no outro. We'll see you guys early next week.